This episode is supported by Sidetracked Magazine. Hello and welcome to Between the Mountains Adventure Podcast. This week's episode, or this fortnight's episode, is Kevin Merry of Skyrise Productions. Kevin is an incredibly accomplished man who not only goes after his own adventures, but he also films and does the behind the scenes work of so much of the fantastic content that you see out there of different adventurers from cycling races in South America to Ian Finch's 27 images. This is such a fantastic conversation and a delve into the behind the scenes and the work that goes into it and the stories that he's got alongside his own adventures. And he joined us from the back of his van uh, in a lay-by, just parked up, ready to capture a bike ride in the last of the year's sun before it starts getting pretty cold and miserable here in the UK. So I really appreciate Kevin. Thank you so much for going out of your way to make it work for, for when we wanted to record this session. So thank you. And before we dive straight into it, two things. First of all, we're now moving to a fortnightly schedule, so I hope you enjoy this episode for the next two weeks. Listen to it as many times as you like and share it. But also, this episode is, like I say, supported by Sidetrack Magazine, and it's been a while, so let's just quickly chat about them. They are one of the best, if not the best, outdoors and adventure magazine out there, just blending fantastic storytelling with just this beautiful imagery. And if you haven't checked them out already, please go click the link in the description and go and have a look at them while Kevin's having a chat to you about his stories and adventures. Go and see what they're all about. They've got the creator's tour as well. So if you're listening to this now uh, at the moment of release, then you'll still have time to get some tickets for some of their creator's tour as well. So if you've got any interest in the world of adventure, go check that out too. Um, Check out the subscriptions. They're free online field journal, their subscription letter every week. But also, I hope you enjoy the episode with Kevin. Check out his work as well. (laughs) I promise you that's the last of the things we're going to ask you to do, but they're both fantastic people and causes. So have a look. Enjoy the episode. That's enough of me. Bye. So Kevin, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. Good. How are you? Yeah, getting by. It's been a long time since uh, doing one of these episodes. So I'm very, uh, very excited to, to jump into it as well so um I, I think we were just talking before this I think we connected around about the time you were uh doing some film work for Pedal for Parks how did that go yeah it went really well actually yeah yeah it was quite a long trip we was away for three weeks in total it was, it was full on there was so that project um it was not just about them riding because they, they the Pedal for Parks thing in a nutshell was basically um five cyclists riding the length of the country from the Orkney Islands all the way down to to the Scilly Isles, so the water part of it, they rode on Schiller bikes, which are like, um, they're like kind of pedalos on steroids, really, they're these like um, sort of racing pedalos. So it's quite a, quite an interesting journey, but we had to do a lot of interviews. We interviewed like 25 different people from different environmental organisations and stuff like that. So as well as filming the cyclists, we were doing, setting up these interviews every day. And then we were on, we were at a different location every night, um, at a different campsite. So it was like full on, but yeah, it was brilliant. Yeah, really good. I was going to say because that's that's one thing that's different when you're working in the production element as well because it's it's I suppose let's 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 be real it's probably still harder for the people doing the adventure but but at, but at least in air quotes when they have finished that stint that day they can focus on recovering eating sleeping whereas I suppose you then get on with um with with all the other behind the scenes stuff right yeah yeah I mean that's that's it I mean it's I've done. 
quite a lot of that sort of thing. Um, and your when their day ends, you know, like whatever they're doing, you know, may, I mean, obviously I'll do a lot of cycling um, films, you know, they kind of, once they've had their meal, they'll just try and crash out and get some rest. Um, and, you know, we've obviously got to look after ourselves in that way as well, but our rest doesn't really start till, I mean, on a, on a good day, we'll get to bed by like 11, 12 o'clock. Cause we just, you've got like so much kit. I mean, on this pedal for parks trip, we had obviously drones, cameras, GoPros, then all our laptops, phones, um, and everything's got to be recharged and then all your, all your footage has got to be backed up every day you know um, and double backed up and then you're trying to do like a few social media things and blah 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 and like the evenings are just yeah it's, they're long days because we were up on average uh, probably about six in the morning every morning and then not getting to bed till about midnight one o'clock so you're do by the end of it you're just kind of running on fumes you know yeah. <laughs> with coffee Fuming and uh, yeah. coffee and like pastries and stuff and any like sort of fatty <laughs> foods and that's all you crave sugar and fat by the end of it you know just um, about 90 percent carbs sort of diet <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean it's good I, I love it you know you're sort of you're on a kind of buzz the whole the whole trip you know and then when you come back is you've got a couple of days of just kind of crashing out on them and then you're sort of back on it again so yes they're good they're good that's the thing isn't it like the the, the things the things people can pull off when they've got the buzz of adventure through them is quite incredible. Like I, I, I've done a, um, most of the Highlands I, I did in one day with my partner in about, in about 15 hours of pure driving. Yeah. <laughs> and, and because of the views and the scenery, I, I barely felt it until the pitch black journey home back to sort of Dundee. Um, and I, and I've got another friend as well who went around Iceland in June. So very, very much midnight sun as far as Iceland gets. And she said the same thing. It's just like when you've got that adventure, especially with them with the just daylight all the time, it's hard to then shut off and get some rest. A bit, a bit similar to running on fumes by the end of Pedal Parks then. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you do. I mean, you're just, and there's so much going on as well, you know, like, like I say, you've, you're sort of trying to manage yourself um, and then you've got a job to do. And then, you know, so you've got, you've got like content to, 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 to shoot and, 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 trying to kind of make a good impression on you know with your clients that you're working with so you've you, that's constantly on your mind and then obviously um you know obviously i'm filming quite a lot of nice places so you're kind of like buzzing off that a lot you know so there's so much going on in your head and then when you finally get to sleep you know um it tends to be sometimes in fits and starts because you just know that you've got another busy day the next day and so forth but yeah it's it's it, 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 it's all right in the end it's sort of when I come home, I normally have like a couple of days of being like really knackered and like really moany, <laughs> like really stroppy, because it just it all just catches up on you. My poor wife, you know, she has to put up with my kind of like post trip blues, <laughs> and then and then you, then I'm alright then, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's 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 good fun. I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's like the advert with the um, Snickers bar when when um you got the diva in the changing rooms, and then he goes he goes come on like come on Fred, you're not yourself when you haven't had a Snickers. <laughs> Gives yeah, him a Snickers yeah. and eats it. It's, oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> so, like yeah, that. yeah. Get through a few Snickers. <laughs> but I mean, it, it seems like after, um, you know, COVID-19 COVID and, and the lock, pandemic was always something I, I was, I, at the start I tried not to mention, but it's gone on for that long. It's just become part of life now, not not an event to, to date, a, date a podcast. I mean, in the UK at least. Um, so for about, you know, a third to half of you listening, uh, we've just come out of um, what third lockdown earlier in the year, restrictions lifted. And it really seems like you and Skyrise Productions has just hit the ground running because 
around about the pedal for parks we were talking just now about a cycling trip you're doing in the lakes you've just told me about a load of future plans coming up as well i'm presuming everything sky race productions is going going to plan at the moment it is yeah it's going really well um it's weird i mean um like the the, the first you know the, when when the pandemic first hit the uk and like uh that that first initial lockdown obviously obviously most of my stuff stopped i mean pretty much until everyone kind of like sussed out what can continue and what doesn't you know i had a, I had a couple of trips that were just like knocked on the heads you know we'll just we'll just kind of put them back um and once um i got my head rounds got my head round it and then started talking to some clients and brands that i was due to do stuff with then yeah i mean it, it the sort of the, the trips came in i think it was my first um trip i did in like last year like during covid like from obviously it started in march april time didn't it um was was june i think so i only, I only had a couple of months of like literally where i didn't do any trips but i i just i kind of spent made the most of that time connecting with brands um like planning stuff you know talking to people um and it, and that seemed to kind of like uh, come off really well and then and then yeah i, I was quite busy because filming and photography you know it's it's um it's a com- you know it's commercial um work so luckily you were allowed you were allowed to do it but we did have some strange times some of the most of the stuff i did or all of the stuff i did last year was in in the uk um and even then we we came off up against quite a few barriers you know police stopping us national parks people you know they've seen us parked up in our van and then as soon as you stop to explain you know show them the film kit show them this and that they're like okay it's fine but you know um yeah it was it wasn't easy it definitely wasn't easy you know we were especially as you know like with covid the goalposts and what you could do and what you couldn't do and then easing of this and then lockdown of that and even like you know obviously at times there was scotland was in a different lockdown to us um so it did it made it was hard work um but you know i'm lucky you know i'm lucky enough that i can say that i've, I've been busy really throughout most of, of the sort of pandemic so i can't complain at all really well it sounds like it's come from a place not just luck i mean that's incredible adaptability to to be presented with the sort of mammoth situation that was uh the, the locked first lockdown and to just think right what, what can i do what is in my control so yeah that's 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 fantastic mm. but i mean if you've you 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 you're filming you're filming other people's adventures you're that's hard work in itself when you're not doing that what keeps you ticking is it hiking is it cycling paddling like what what is the main thing that draws you out into the outdoors for your, for your own time um yeah mainly it's mainly cycling and, and and trail running really that's kind of the main the main ones I do, and we've we've got dogs, we've got boxers, um, so they keep us busy. They need a lot of exercise. So, dog, you know, just just like the other day I went for a walk with my wife. Um, I live in southeast Essex, um, and there's some real nice countryside, like gentle countryside. Um, and we went for a walk the other evening with the dogs, about a two-hour walk. So that's that's always a good good like bit of downtime um, exercise. But yes, cycling really, like predominantly cycling and then and then running on my. And my thing and gravel cycling i really got into the last kind of year as well so i'm loving that yeah absolutely and i was i was doing a bit of research on you before this and i listened to an interview you did with watchword and uh and you were talking about some pretty epic things that some of the people you followed along have done you know in the andes as well mm. um 
you know, everyone's limit is different and, and always growing as well. Is there a time that you've had where it turned out to be a bit more type two fun than initially planned at all? It's plenty of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the Andes, that was, you know, that, that was, I knew um, what I was taking on was something kind of like a, a next level to what I've done previously. Um more, more the location and, and the sort of remoteness of it than anything. I mean, prior to that, I'd, I'd already done some some fairly long cycling film trips and things like that. So I was kind of used to following them, fly, cy- following them filming cyclists and, you know, kind of that, that sort of stuff. But the Andes was just, that was just another level of, you know, the, we were really remote. It was a 1600 kilometre um, ultra cycling race. It was 80 cyclists. Um, and it just went right up through the high Andes, like the, 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 the route was just insane you know there was there was places that I'm used to being in quite remote places um and there was a few times where I didn't feel out of my comfort zone particularly it's, just, it's a strange it's hard to explain um but there was a couple of times where like when you're filming these sites when you like ultra an ultra cycling race it's not like a um tour de France stages where they're all grouped together you know they, they tend the races over 10 days and they tend to just kind of split up within within a couple of days they're either in a couple of little small groups or they're just cycling on their own for days and I was following just one cyclist called Jonas Deichmann uh, German um, endurance and cyclist ultra cyclist and he like he would just say to me you know you don't have to film me all the time you know we're, we're going to get far too much content he just said just you know just kind of have a half a day drive up ahead and stuff like that so there was a few times where um you know i ended up just in the most remote places i think i've ever been you know and there were a few times it occurred to me that if something went wrong you know like you're quite far away from 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 help i mean with this race there was there were safety cars but there were there was only a couple and at some points they might be like 100 miles away from you you know and there's the next village i remember looking down this valley i was about three three and a half thousand meters up and it was in the evening and i looked down across this valley and there was nothing you know for like i could probably see for like 50 miles and there was it was just like yeah and i just thought something happens now yeah but you're not not barren i wouldn't say barren i mean it was quite lush um but just just remote you know um and it's and it's just quite a you know there's obviously places like scotland and, and some of the places in this country where you can feel quite remote but you're never really that far away from civilization whereas that was that was something else and the same as uh, in amman as well that was a similar one where we were up in the mountains for a couple of days and uh, um yeah there was there was a few there was a few things that were just like well <laughs> you know it was, but it was amazing it was amazing what's the mode of transport when you do it because I'm, I'm guessing you're not also doing the race on bike while filming the guy i guess you're in a four by four sort of trailing behind trailing ahead yeah you just didn't you're in cars you know um uh, that's the only way really i mean if i have done stuff where i've followed cyclists before but obviously the the, the idea there obviously is you want to be ahead you want to get ahead of them to set up shots and then when 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 you've set the shot up when they've cycled past it's not it's not a case of just jumping straight in the car especially if you've got the, the drone drone up you've got to land the drone get it back in the car and it's, it's surprising actually how far a cyclist can get ahead especially if you film them on, on a downhill you know like they're just gone you know they're, they're probably like some of the downhills in you know the andes they were going downhill for like five miles you know and you can't catch them up once they're gone even if you're even though you're in a car you cannot catch them up they'll, they'll go faster 
and then they could be by the time you get to the where it flattens out to a valley they could be like half an hour ahead you know and then you've got to play catch up it's i mean you can get past and and it is and it is amazing but it is it can get stressy because obviously you're out there to capture these capture the essence of the race and the landscape and there could be and it happened a few times and it's just just how it just kind of pans out but there was a um, I was filming a ultra cycling race in Corsica and it's so beautiful and there's so many kind of different points but there's these key points around the route and there's at one point where the cyclist had done this, done this downhill and he'd gone past this amazing area on this coastal route um, and he was gone and he was like I called him up and he went oh he wasn't there for this bit and I was like oh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard so you're constantly kind of trying to think ahead and get ahead you know to, to sort of plan these shots so you're, you're, you're on the go your mind's on the go all the time would you say 10 days is quite a good amount of time to do that then? Because because the amount of work you've just described, simply sort of getting a drone shot on, on a moving person and then having to get ahead again. I imagine if the race was two days or so, you're only looking at a short, decent quality film. So 10 yeah. days, like would you say that's probably optimal length of time as far as sort of adventure production goes? Yeah, I mean, that's that's quite a long time, really. You know, I mean, um, especially for if it's just for, because most of the stuff I've been doing, and it's pedal for parks one it's a longer it's a sort of hot it's like a 30 minute 30 minute kind of docu-film sort of so it's a bit longer um but i mean some of those endurance things i've filmed they're only like really promo stuff like five five minute ten minute films at the most so um if you're away for a, a that's another yeah if you're away for a, like 10 days you're you're kind of constantly battling with yourself thinking do i need this shot um, but then you just do it anyway, and then you come back with like gigabytes of, of footage that you've then got to sift through and try and squeeze down into like a five minute film. So, yeah, well, I don't it's, envy uh, that at all. Like, <laughs> no. and I, I think I've got it bad when I've got a sort of a 70 minute podcast that I want it to be about 50 minutes. Like, <laughs> like yeah. that's nothing compared. <laughs> yeah. And then especially obviously you've got like all the different cameras and GoPros drones different cameras and stuff like that and and it's um it's time consuming but you, you get through it you know there's a there's a stressy few days when you get back and like the ed, like the edit's nowhere near from starting and you're, you're sort of reviewing all the footage and making folders up like you know use this don't use that and, and then and then slowly but surely you know after plenty of coffee and stuff like that you get you sort of get through it and but yeah it, it can be it can be tricky um i mean the pedal for parks one that was that was mad because you know there was there was so much going on and we just had a huge amount of footage it took me probably three four days just to go through all the footage and just review it all and, and um and then sort of start <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> it's nuts isn't it like i've worked in a photography place before and they did they did wedding and function photography and just the the process to to go through and mark what you're going to use and then go through again and, and, and mark what you're going to give in the first sort of 24, 48 hours as they're tasted to keep the client busy. Yeah. And then the amount of work that then goes in and that's just still images. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's yeah, mad. It's a lot of work. Yeah. But I mean, you've, um, you're, you're a good friend, Ian Finch. I, I watched the 27 images film that you put together, which was incredible, by the way. And oh, I really, really liked a, a quote that Ian said in there, which is that, by being the middleman and capturing you know, the memories and the photographs for other people, was he really living in the moment of, of what he's doing? And I mean, there's no, there's no getting by that, that what you do isn't exactly a nine to five desk job. So do you have that same balance struggle, do you think? You know, when, do you so often find yourself 
sort of like catching yourself and just thinking I'm focused so much on the drone shot I'm not even paying any attention to the fact I'm in the middle of nowhere do you know what that's that's a really good question um I think um yeah definitely they, the, the, a lot of the trips seem to kind of fly by um and don't get me wrong it, it, you know I always have an amazing time and I, I sort of appreciate where I've been but I think I mean, the, the pedal for parks one, I know I keep saying that, well, I've just come back from that one, so it's kind of quite fresh in my head. I mean, that was, I was really looking forward to it. Not to say I, I didn't, like when I came back, I, I was like, you know, I, I enjoyed the whole thing. But before I went away, I was like, oh, this is brilliant. You know, we're going to go from the Orkney Islands all the way down. And, you know, I love the UK. We knew, the, we obviously knew the route. So it's like, oh, we're going Orkney Islands, and then Cairngorms and the Lake District. And then, um, then we went down through um, Shropshire and then like, Wales, um, Devon, Cornwall, you know, so all, all like some of the most beautiful parts of the country. And before I went away and I was, I was chatting to my a, a film partner, Gav, and we were like, yeah, this is going to be a really, really cool trip. Um, but in, in all truthfulness, I didn't enjoy that. Obviously, there's moments where you're kind of like, wow, you know, we're in a really cool place. But like I mentioned earlier, you, there's always, you've got so much to think about that you you, you don't really get, you, you know you, you know you're in a nice place it's hard to explain but you know you're in a nice place um but you you're not fully focused on it you know um and especially as i just said like say for instance you know obviously a lot of the place a lot of the actual specific locations during the day where you're filming they're normally going to be in a really picturesque place so say for instance in the Cairngorms, they ride by and there's the mountains in the background but you haven't got much you, you know you, you film and they're gone kit in the car and then off and then you're zooming to the next next location you know and you like you don't get much time i mean there were there was, there was downtime i mean some of the, the the campsites we stopped at i mean the cairngorms again we, we stayed there for a night and and we camped right next to this lake um and it's just absolutely stunning you know i've only actually been through the cairngorms driven through a couple of times um to from like the, the height the west highlands to Aviemore. And this is the first time I'd kind of like stopped and looked at the Cairngorms properly. And I mean, that was a nice moment. But yeah, gen, genuine, genuinely, you don't really get time to appreciate it as much as you would if, you know, say you were just kind of on a holiday or, or, or just sort of moseying on through in your own time, you know? Yeah. Well, I suppose follow up question to that then, which, which is where's one place you've been to where where after the job was done, you think, God, I've got to come back here and spend some proper time here? Um, that's another good question. Um, I mean, other than everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everywhere. That's, that's I mean, the issue, yeah. isn't it? It's like... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm like, you know, I mean, a lot of the places I've, I've, I've shot in the UK, I've been to anyway, just like hiking trips and stuff like that. I've done a, I've done a lot of um, hiking up in Scotland and Snowdonia and stuff like that. So, I mean, a lot of the places went... I mean, the Orkney Islands, I was really, really keen on on seeing what it was like. And it's, it is beautiful, but um, UK-wise, the Isles of Scilly, I'd love to go back there. I mean, they were, I've never been to the Islands before, and I, it was just stunning, absolutely. And we were lucky that, that um, a few days previous, when we was in Devon, I think it was, it was pouring down with rain. But then when, we, when, we, when the film trip finished on the Isles of Scilly, it was just like sunshine about 25 degrees and we went for a swim in the sea and we had like a beach party like a sort of rap party thing um we were there for like three days i think um once the film had finished that was i'd love to go back there um but then kind of further afield oman 
I mean, the Andes, I'm, I'm actually going back to the Andes next year to do an, I'm going to be cycling in an ultra cycling race. So you're going to be um, in it this time. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was one <laughs> of the Gab things gonna I said. Is Gab going to be videoing you? <laughs> yeah, Gab is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, We're no way. Like a pro, promo thing for, it's called the Andean Raid. They're quite, they're quite new. It's run by these guys, these really cool guys from um, Argentina. Um, and they, they do like, different ultra cycling um, races all around like Chile and Argentina and this one it's not as long as, as the one I did um, last year or year before it's it's 500 kilometers so like 380 miles and you've got like uh, 96 hours to do it so it works out about 80 miles a day I think it is which is still obviously quite a long ride each day especially if you're up in you think you're up high in the Andes so it's going to be tough but the, the one I filmed in uh, a couple of years ago that was nuts you know that was like 1200 miles um just crazy um but the andy i'm really looking so i said i mean i said to gav um when we when we were out in the andy's i'd love to come back and ride out here um so i just approached these guys and um yeah so i'm, I'm doing that so that's one place I, i'm going to visit again but aman i really really loved aman it's just mind-boggling sort of place um i'd love to go back there just to hike and you know ride or something like that yeah that was cool i think one of the very first podcast episodes i did was aman actually um i'm trying to remember it was this this guy he, he has his um rsp podcast um he, he went out there and he did um i'm pretty sure we if we didn't do an episode on aman he referenced it and how beautiful it was uh, i can't remember how far back though on top of my head sorry okay. but yeah. um but but yeah absolutely I mean, yeah. you talk you talk about joining the race this time, and and on that Watchword podcast episode, you mentioned about how at the start you uh, you had a bit of imposter syndrome in, in what you were doing. Um, do do you, do you anticipate feeling that a bit in being in the race this time rather than than videoing it, or are you at a stage where you're you're kind of comfortable with yourself and your skill level? Um, I probably I wouldn't say like imposter syndrome for that. I would say I'll probably, you know, realistically, I'll probably be racing with guys that have done got loads of ultra cycling races under their belt. But I'm not, I'm, you know, I mean, I'll try as, as hard as I can, but I'm not really going to be in it just to kind of go right. I'm going to win this. And I mean, a lot of these ultra cycling races, you know, you obviously get different levels. I mean, obviously, you've got to be fairly fit to ride in them. But you know, the the levels throughout these kind of these riders goes from obviously absolutely insane mental fit guys and girls all the way through to to people who just want to do it just you know because you have to finish you have to reach each um checkpoint within a certain amount of time otherwise if you don't you're kind of disqualified so it is a race and you you have got a time limit but you know um you don't have to hammer it um so i think i'll kind of try and do a happy medium where i'm sort of enjoying the scenery and not stressing too much about what position i'm in um but yeah i mean i'm sure on the start line you know there'll there'll be some like hard as nails kind of guys sort of <laughs> and i'll just be like whoa <laughs> but it'll be fine you know um i'm going to do some some training in up in scotland and, and, and snowdonia you know some kind of like real hilly stuff for you know multi-day stuff just to get myself as fit as possible but um yeah it'll be it will be scary like to be sat on the start line at, you know they normally start early hours you know kind of three or four in the morning with the light all the bike lights shining and just this kind of dark road ahead of you just thinking right i'm going up into the andes and the only way i'm doing it is like by, by, with my legs you know so it'll be it will be it'll be scary but i'm sure after after a while it'll just sort of settle into it but yeah i don't i don't think it, imposter syndrome really just just kind of more nerves and, uh, and mm. sort of the unknown that's good. That's a good level to be at. 
<laughs> yeah, what, what's, what's the phrase if, if, you, if you're not nervous then then be worried <laughs> yeah um, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I've just got a couple of questions left uh, you know your job is unique you know I, I was I was reflecting on it before this podcast and, and one thing you've got is almost in a way sort of free mentorship you know you've observed a lot of people who are very good at what they do uh and 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 seen from a third party doing it would you say that there are or and if there are can you remember any key sort of lessons and takeaways that have really stuck with you from the jobs you've done that you've then applied into your own routines and adventures you know what yeah there's there's one actually um that i always come back to um and it was um when i was filming this jonas dashman um in um that was the Amman race so the, the, i mean that was it's a good example of like how things don't always go to plan um he when he got there we, we all met in, in muscat we flew out and, and all the racers meet in this sort of start line hotel and there was like a lot going on there was like 80 cyclists media the, the organizers you know and then obviously all the hotel stuff like basically the whole hotel was kind of booked out for the race really so there's like a huge amount going on and when joan i shared a room for that first night with jonas and when he unpacked his box his bike box the, his um carbon bike had a crack in it from being on the plane and it was unusable uh and like you know a lot of people would just go oh, shit like straight away just go you know oh, man you know this is really and he he didn't it didn't even seem to bother him he just he just kind of went right i mean i think because he's that he does this sort of thing for for a living where i don't know if you know much about jonas deichman but he right so he's like like someone like sean conway he's almost like a next level up like he's he's done the fastest cycle from the americas he rode from Canada all the way down to Ashwire, um, which is, I can't remember how many thousand miles it is now, but basically the length of the Americas. Yeah. And then when Sean Conway did his um, Europe ride, he, he the, the year previous, he did the Europe and then the Eurasia. So when he got to Russia, where Sean finished, he carried on all the way to China or wherever it was. And he's done loads. And at the moment, he's doing the world's longest triathlon, where he's, he's running, cycling and swimming all the way around the world. And he's currently like running across Mexico doing like a marathon a day for like about a month or something. And he's just used to kind of, yeah, it's crazy. But you can imagine the amount of things that you have to deal with and, and that would, would like inevitably go wrong. And you're, you're kind of like, you haven't really got anyone else to help you. So you just, he's obviously just gets used to going, right, there's, there's, there's options here. There's, you know, this isn't the end of like whatever I'm doing. There's options, this one, this one, or this one. And when I was with him, my mom, you know, he just went, right, okay, what do I need to do? I can't use that bike. And he went to the organisers and within within an hour, he'd, he'd managed to get a lift to the local bike shop in Amman and then borrowed a bike, which wasn't as nowhere near as he had, like this £10,000, uh, you know, uh, carbon bike. And the one he borrowed was probably like £1,000. And and even that, he didn't, he didn't, you know, it didn't flap him at all. Um, and then <laughs> that evening... He wanted to swap his tyres from his broken bike onto this borrowed bike. And obviously some of his bits and bobs, you know, the seat and whatnot. Um, he, we couldn't get the tyres off, this, off this, this kind of higher bike. They were just, it was ridiculous. Even though obviously Jonas does this thing for a living and I'm quite used to kind of bikes. It took us an hour and a half. We had to cut the the tyres off the bike. And tyres have got like metal in them, haven't they? Like they're metal fibres. And we, we had to cut through and it took us an hour and a half to change them over. And by which time it was about half past 11 and the race started at like two in the morning. Um, so he, he had about an hour's sleep before doing this kind of 800, 900 kilometer ultra cycling race. 
And he just, he just didn't flap. He didn't stress. He just took it all in his stride, you know, and a kind of stuff like that. You just really think, you know, you just sort of take that on board and just think, okay, you know, there is, and there's something like really bad happens and, you know, but, even then, you know, the, you, there's, there's, there's options and, and ways around things. So, and I've, I've come across that quite a bit with some of the people I've worked with, you know. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's... Um, it's and just, and it, just, it just leaks into, into your habits, does it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. And then the <laughs> last question I've got is, you know, you've had some incredible, incredible adventures yourself, incredible commercial <laughs> adventures, we can call them. Um, what is one moment in all of that that you would love to relive? Um, I think probably in the the Andes um, when I was with Jonas and Gav, and we were in a um, is a national park, um, and I'm absolutely rubbish with pronunciation, so I'm not even going to try to attempt it. Um, but it was it was a national park, and we were. We were about four and a half thousand meters up, so like that's like fifteen thousand feet in old old money, and it was just the most bonkers, stunning place. And it, we were literally right in the high Andes, and there was a view. Well, there was views all round, but we were right next to the head of a glacier, so that's how high up we are. We could see a glacier just off the off the track, and then when you turned your back, there was this valley. You know, like you know, if you're lucky enough to have been to like Highlands or or, or North Wales, where you see these beautiful kind of. Um, valleys that, that are stunning it was like that like times 10 just this just went on for like hundreds of miles and there was alpacas grazing and yeah and there was just no one around and that was that was kind of one of the highlights for sure you know that was that was incredible so i'd love to read that again yeah <laughs> i do or i do all the time in my head <laughs> yeah yeah it's oh, amazing <laughs> checking before bed but... <laughs> yeah yeah that's it Oh, well, listen, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. That was great to have you and, um, and enjoy your cycle. Oh, thanks, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to go out and get really sweaty now because it's about 27 degrees. So <laughs> <laughs> make the most of it. <laughs>